We are up and running, and this is Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. Um, last week, I went to a uh, track meet and was able to watch my daughter run in several events. Uh, lasted a very, very long time. I was there for, what, six hours, I think. So, uh, like, from 4 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night. Uh, she did very well. I'm proud of her. And um, was very proud of my son who stepped in for me and did the Bible teaching last week. I mentioned on Sunday that he's, he's been putting out YouTube videos um, teaching mainly through John, the, the Gospel of John. And uh, again, you know, watch them and take notes and you can uh, correct him because he's learning and there's a lot of things he needs correcting on. And I come home and I tell him, okay, you said this word. It, I'm a little loud, I think. Um, so you, 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 you pronounce this word wrong and this, that, and the other. So uh, don't be afraid to either say, I learned something from that or you, uh, you, you uh, miss pronounce this word, that's all part of learning. Uh, I'll do it from time to time. You, you, you've noticed it. Um, but we've got some really smart people here that can help us. You, you may not understand some of the interpretation of the Scripture, but you know how to read better than me, and you can correct me on that. That's fine. I won't get real mad. Maybe a little mad, but I won't get real mad. You know, I, I would like to comment on, and I'm talking on YouTube, you know, you got uh, comment, and I've never done it. So I don't even know if I can do it. And then by the time I get to where I could, see, I'm always busy. I'm running around, I'm, I'm working, and I'm listening to it through my earbuds. I'm not even watching it. It's in my pouch, and I'm listening to what he's saying, or any, what anybody's saying on YouTube. Uh, don't watch too many, because I don't have time to watch. So I'm busy doing other things. I guess that's why I like mowing and weed eating, because you don't have to think a whole lot. When I go to construction, and I'm measuring and putting things together, I can't listen to stuff. I try, but it doesn't work. If I'm painting, no problem. But... Uh, I listen to a whole bunch of Adrian Rogers and a lot of preaching while I'm sitting on a mower or riding a mower and weed-eating, and I, I really like that. I've listened to a lot of good stuff over the years while doing that type of work. I used to do it a lot in the past. Uh, a lot of my Bible knowledge came while I was working and mowing. It did, but I was listening I can remember having a wire, you know, the wire. Now I got the wireless earbuds, but back then I had the earbuds and I'd have to run the wire down the back of my shirt because I'd get it hung up on stuff while I was working. So, and it'd come out the back and I'd have it plugged in to this little radio and I would listen to all kinds of good, you know, like Jay Vernon McGee and Oliver Green, David Jeremiah, listen to a lot of good Bible teaching and preaching uh, back in the day. And all those people are still around. 
you know, they've been dead for years and years and years, but they're still around. Adrian Rogers has passed away. What's that? Oh, yeah, 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 David Jeremiah is still here. All right, so I would recommend that uh, you watch the video that he did on, I'm talking about my son, um, who did the video on uh, a secret that the devil was hiding from us. And he t goes through the scriptures and he points out several verses in the Bible or stories that relate to Egypt and then what goes along with Antioch. And then you see at the end what, he, what he's getting at. So he sets it up really, really good. Yeah, Joseph did that. Yeah, and it, it, it was, yeah, so he's writing down. What's that? Well, uh, the, the actual channel, YouTube channel, is, is it A Word of Life? Huh? The Word of Life? Huh? That one is, what is it called? Hmm? A Secret, okay. So that's the title. I mean, a, uh, the, the Secret from Satan and then Egypt and Antioch. If you type that in along with the word of life, you're gonna, that, that should come up. <clears throat> and once you listen to one of them or watch one of them, it's real easy to find after that. Especially, you know, you subscribe to it, and then you're, you'll constantly get that. <clears throat> I, mean, I mean, YouTube is dangerous. Any social media stuff is dangerous. And um, be very careful on all that. Uh, we have disagreements on uh, what, um, how to interpret some certain things in the Bible. We, we disagree. I think it's awesome that we can disagree. And we sit down and we talk about it. And he tells me why he thinks it's this way. I tell him why I think it's that way. And um, I don't want somebody that just follows along with everything I teach. I don't want that. So you need to be a person who looks into the scriptures for yourself, but be open and be willing to realize, wait a minute, I was taught wrong or I saw that wrong and be able to, uh, you know, change. A lot of times you, you're arguing over something and I've, I've seen this in the past where somebody will say, well, this is what it means and somebody else is saying, no, this is what it means and they're both right. But they're seeing the it's getting deeper. Because a lot of times there's three different meanings, or it is four way back, something that happened a long time ago, especially in the prophets. You'll, they'll talk about something, and it's something that happened. It's something that's happening when they're prophesying at that time, but it's also something that's going to happen in the future. In the book of Daniel, when he's talking about the... Uh, the desecration of the temple, he is talking about um, Antiochus Epiphanes, the, what is it called? The uh, abomination of desolations. So you can take history and you have somebody will tell you that, oh, what he's talking about is what he did back then. But it was, that was a type and picture of the 
real Antichrist in the future that's going to do the same thing. And then they may, that person that you're arguing with may say, well, there is no temple now. How's it going to happen? Then you can get into a real interesting conversation with them and let them know that the temple is ready to be put together at the snap of somebody's fingers. It will be up. And all it's going to take is that Antichrist who's going to be loved by everybody. He's going to be such a deceiver. He is actually going to set up a peace treaty between all of those people that are wanting to kill each other over there and the Temple Mount, that area, is going to, they're going to build it. And the only reason it's going to be done is so he can just mess it all up. Because if it's not there, he can't do what he wants to do. <clears throat> so how did we get on that when we're in uh, Deuteronomy 18? Well, the devil is a deceiver, and, and that's in Deuteronomy 18. He is a deceiver, and very, very good at what he does, and we have to be uh, knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to know Jesus so well, we need to know the Word of God so well that we pick up on those things as they approach. Uh, the best of us get tricked from time to time. All right, let's read, uh, uh, starting with chapter 18, verse 1 of Deuteronomy. The priest, the Levites, now, the priests are part of the Levites, but not every Levite is a priest. Does that make sense? Okay. And why? Does anybody know? I know Joy knows. Anybody else know? So the, the priest can only be from one person. And who is that person? What's that? What's the name? Yeah, but what's their name? What's the name? Give me a name. Aaron. Aaron. Okay. So, but he's a Levite. What, what's up with that? How? You got to go back further to Levi, right? Okay, Levi... He was the third-born son of Jacob. Judah was fourth. Now, that's, that's significant there. Jesus comes from Judah. Jesus has got, He's the one that's going to come to earth, and four is an earthly number. That number four, and also you can see that in four, you have the th perfect three coming down to us, one, just to us, you know, the human race. But the four seasons, the four corners of the earth, all that. But Jesus came from Judah. But Levi was the third-born son of Jacob. Okay? How many sons did Levi have? Three. Three. Ah, interesting. Okay, so out of those three, you have, it, it's Gershon, Kohath, and Merari, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm, I'm sounding it out as best I can. So, Aaron 
would be a descendant, Aaron and Moses, of course, would be a descendant of Kohath, and you have to be from Aaron to be a priest, but Levites are from all three of those sons of Levi. So there's, there's uh, quite a few that cannot do the priestly things, but they're still Levites that work. You know, they're able to work. I mean, can you imagine how many of the things that have to be done at the temple, the tabernacle and then the temple, how all, this, all the workings? And the Levites were in charge of all of that. And all the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire and his, and his inheritance. Therefore shall they have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance, as he has said unto them. And this shall be the priest's due from the people. That, this is their pay. This is what's due to them, because they have no inheritance from the land, so all the other tribes are to take a tenth of what they get from the land, grain that they grow, animals that they raise, and then all of those tribes give to the priestly tribe, or the, the, the tribe of Levi because they don't get an inheritance. From them that offer a sacrifice, whether it be ox or sheep, and they shall give unto the priest the shoulder and the two cheeks. Now the cheeks would be jawbone, I, I'm guessing. I, I'm going to read a little bit out of this uh, Believer's Bible and, and kind of clear some of this stuff up. So I guess they get one shoulder out of the animal. They get the two cheeks and the maw. What is that? Uh, it's probably uh, stomach or, or liver. Now, I'm gonna, again, I have not read out of this Believer's Bible, but I did, when I opened it up just a few minutes ago before we started, I glanced through there, and, I, and I, I'm pretty sure that's what it's saying. Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and read that part so we can get that out of the way. Uh, well, let's see. All right, I'm at Ma, that's, that's three, so let me get to verse eight, and then I'll come back and read out of here. Four, the first fruit also of thy corn, of thy wine, and of thine oil, and the first of the fleece of thy sheep shalt thou give him. For the Lord thy God hath chosen him out of all thy tribes to stand to minister in the name of the Lord him and his sons forever. And if a Levite come from any of thy gates out of all Israel, where he sojourn and come with all the desire of his mind unto the place which the Lord shall choose, then he shall minister in the name of the Lord his God as all his brethren, the Levites do, which stand there before the Lord. They shall be they shall have like portions to eat beside that which cometh of the sale of his uh, patrimony. 
So anything from that he's, in, he's gotten from his family, passed down from father to son. And I don't know if I said that right, but that's, that, that is, you know, like uh, maternity, paternal is father, right? Okay. All right, so let's go over here to the Believer's Bible Commentary. Uh, this is uh, just talking about verses 1 through 8, and it's really, really short. Again, God's care for the priests and Levites is seen because they did not receive a tribal inheritance of land. They were to be supported by the people. Their part in the offerings was the shoulder, the two cheeks, and then in parentheses it says jawbones. Evidently, that's some really good meat off the jawbones. I know yeah, I won't go into that, but I've heard that. Um, uh, all right, and then it says the stomach. So the maw would be the stomach. <clears throat> and the, I heard that McDonald's was the number one buyer of beef stomach. So I wonder what their hamburgers are made of. I've just heard that. I hope I don't get uh, sued by uh, McDonald's. But I think it's true. I think it's very true. And because they came out and said that the, one of their burgers in, it was actually real beef. Yeah. My family does not eat at McDonald's. We never have. Most, most little kids, they throw a fit about going to McDonald's. My kids never said anything about going to McDonald's. None of them did. Chick-fil-A, on the other hand? Hmm. <laughs> Uh, let's see, where was I at before I mentioned that disgusting thing? Stomach, and, all right, and the first fruits of grain, wine, oil, and fleece. Verses 6 through 8 describe a Levite who sold his home and moved to the place where God had placed his name to serve him. He was to share in the offerings with the other Levites, and this was in addition to whatever he received from the sale of his inheritance. And then in parentheses it says, Levites could own property even though they did not inherit a tribal possession. Now, I've read that in, some, in another, another place. So they didn't get an inheritance, but evidently they could buy into some land if they really wanted to. So that would explain them changing their mind. So they could make above and beyond what was given through the tithes. All right, now... Uh, verse 9. Now we're getting into some, some good stuff here. <clears throat> this is where we need to be very cautious in today's times. And this gives us the warning of it. Verse 9, back to the Bible. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. So abominations... Those are very hideous things. It's not, it's not those things that, you know what, you probably shouldn't do those. It's those things that you absolutely should not do. You know, there are levels of things that are, you know, you can go to McDonald's if you really want, but I don't recommend it. But there's certain things that you could eat that you would die from it right away. I don't think there's any restaurants that serve that stuff, but you're, it's not a good idea to do those, but you can get away with it, and it's not necessarily a sin, but you probably shouldn't do that. But then there's 
these things that you do not do. Verse 10, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. Now we've talked about that recently, uh, going through this book of Deuteronomy, that that would be referring to Moloch and the terrible uh, celebration that they had and then the babies that came from it, and then they would go back to that statue of Moloch, they would build the big fire in the belly of it, and they would throw the babies through the fire. Um, today, we are a culture in, this con- in our country that is very into sacrificing our babies. We do that. That's what we do as a nation. It is a horrible thing. We're not supposed to do it because it is an, ab- an abomination. Now, you might say, well, how is it uh, like this? How is it that you're sacrificing? You're not sacrificing it. You just don't want it. No, you are sacrificing that little baby out of the womb because you've been told you have a career and you don't want to mess up your career. You need to be your own woman. You shouldn't have to depend on anybody else. And that little baby is just going to cause you to not be able to go to be the best you can be. So that's what women are told. So, out of selfishness, wanting to do, your, your, it's, it's worshiping self, and you're willing to sacrifice the little baby, just like they did back then, for that purpose. So that is idolatry. It's really no different what we do today. It's just that today, because we're more cultured, if you don't see it happening you can let it go. It doesn't bother you as bad. At least they held the little baby in their hands and actually did the deed. So today it's cowardly. Um, All right. Through the fire. Or that that useth divination or an observer of times. You know, that could be getting into astrology Divination is just witchcraft type things or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits. So uh, the witch of Endor was into that. If you, I think that's it's First Samuel, probably 28 or somewhere in there. So it's, it's pretty good ways and in, in pretty sure it's First Samuel. Or a wizard or a uh, necromancer. So necromancer, I, th- I think that's just somebody who's f- telling the future, right? What? That's what that is? All right. Well, let me read out of here. Again, I have not read this. All right, wait a minute. 14. All right, I, I can't read out of there just yet. I've got a couple more verses to read. Um, for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doeth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt, thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Again, 
The King James Bible uses the word perfect to mean complete. Uh, you, you, no one should be able to have an accusation against you. You should be perfect or complete in this subject right here. Does that make sense? There's, there's no room for, uh, well, you're only, you're only dabbling in, in uh, astrology. That's not so bad. No, it's, you're not supposed to do any of these things. No one at this church should ever be able to uh, be blamed for these things. You should be blameless in this area. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God, for, for these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto observers of times and unto diviners, but as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered or allowed thee so to do. Okay, over here in this Believer's Bible commentary, it says the Israelites were forbidden to have any contact with anyone who claimed to communicate with the unseen world. Eight means of communication with the spirit world are given. They are called abominations by God. They include one who practices witchcraft, uh, a witch or a warlock. Number two, a soothsayer, uh, a seer, a false prophet. Number three, one who interprets omens, which would be a palm reader, a fortune teller, an astrologer. Number four, a sorcerer. They are, that's a witch doctor. Was that four? Four? If you're making a list? Okay. Uh, number five, one who conjures spells. That would be a wizard. A medium. A uh, spirit medium, and then a spiritist, that is a seance leader, and one who calls up the dead, that's eight, a necromancer. So you're right. Now the, the, the definition I looked up for that is in the back of my Thompson Chain Reference Bible, and it said one who pretends to tell the truth. So I think they're wrong, because this, this is two... Two, all right, so there's eight different things that the Bible tells us to stay away from. Uh, some of these so-called professions overlap. Of course they do. Tragically, this nearly 3,400-year-old prohibition is just as much needed in enlightened modern times as it was long ago. Henry G. Bosch writes, Satanism, demons, and the occult are dark, sinister realities, not tricks. One of the signs that we are nearing the close of this age is the widespread interest in witchcraft, astrology, and other forms of the occult. Thousands consult their horoscope each day attend seances, or seek to communicate with deceased loved ones. 
there's also a great interest in Satanism and demons. The Bible repeatedly warns against such practices, and there's a bunch of verses listed here. Leviticus 19, 31, uh, Leviticus 20, 27, 2 Chronicles 33, 6, Jeremiah 10, 2, Galatians 5, 19, and 20. And then it says, how urgent, and now, you know, and, I, and that's just a small list of verses there, because I can think of others. We've already, we've already talked about the witch of Endor. Uh, what about numbers in Balaam? So, I think even the guys on the ship, didn't they, uh, with Jonah, before they throw him in the, in the ocean or whatever, I think they might have done something to figure out who, who it was. Uh, anyway, how urgent... And up-to-date are the warnings of Scripture. Let's not play around with something that could become a kiss of death. That was from a guy named Henry G. Bosch. And then it says, to be blameless, or over here it says perfect, uh, in regard to those forbidden communications means to listen to God's voice alone. Okay, now, a couple Sundays ago, I told you guys, I can't remember when I talked about it, but Joseph and I went to see uh, Nefarious. And I asked, the, it was on a Sunday because there was a lot of people here, and I asked if, if uh, anybody had, had heard of it. I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday morning. And no one had heard of the movie Nefarious. And because I'm so busy and I don't write things down like I should, I keep forgetting to talk about it like I was supposed to. Now, it's listed as a horror movie. Okay? Now, I never purposely watch a horror movie nowadays. I mean, I did a couple times when I was young because I was over at somebody's house because we didn't, we didn't have stuff like that at our house. But when I was a kid, there was people who had uh, HBO, and we would watch movies we weren't supposed to. When I would go, that's why, that's why you should not let your kids ever spend the night at anybody's house. I don't care how much you trust those people, you should never let your kids spend the night anywhere. Uh, there was this, uh, these two girls that just showed up dead. It's on the news where they not only found them, but they found seven bodies. I don't know if you heard about this, but they lied to each other's parents. The one girl, it's common, one girl says, I'm spending the night at so-and-so's house. Well, that girl said, hey, I'm spending the night at that girl's house. So both families think the girls are at the other person's house. They're not at either one, and they end up dead. And there's this sex offender who had been locked up for 18 years or something that has gotten, he, he's released from prison, and the next time they find him, he's got seven people dead at his, at his property. So... <clears throat> Uh, certain people need to be done away with or do not ever let them out. Just don't do it. Okay? Um, <clears throat> so, that movie is the reason... Steve Dace is the one who wrote the book. It's called, the book is called Nefarious Plot. And then there's a sequel to that book, and I can't remember the name of it. But he wanted his book to be kind of like uh, a sequel to C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters, 
I, I want to read that book. I've never read it. I've heard about it. I, I kind of heard about what it was about, but now I know way more about what it is. And it's a perspective of the devil and his demons and, and their plan to destroy this country. That was the screw tape letters. Because whether you like it or not, this country was founded on biblical principles. And if it really was, and churches sprang up everywhere, in every town across America, as a new town was being developed, the church was one of the first things they built, and that was a community place for people to go. It was the church on Sunday morning. It might have been the schoolhouse during the week. And it, it, people knew, this, the founders of this country knew that the government that we set up, it was absolutely necessary that we be a God-fearing people or the government won't work. Well, now that we are not a God-fearing people as a whole, our government's not working too well because the government was set up for a good and moral people. So Steve Dace wrote that book, and people came after him wanting the rights to make a movie about it. And it was two Catholic guys that wanted to produce this movie and to put it on the big screen, and it's an independent thing. And if you can listen to him talk about how the whole process went, they were attacked from every angle. Just weird stuff happened to them the whole time they were putting this movie together. Weird illnesses that came upon them. Uh, of course, COVID hit while they were in the middle of it, so that put a big stop to it. And after going through all of these things that happened, they finally got the movie together. And a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, it, they, it debuted. It came out on a Friday night, and they wanted as many Christians to go out and watch it so that the numbers would be high, so that it would produce and get some good publicity. And he's gone on several conservative shows to try to get the, 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 the buzz up about it. But they put the label horror on it because the main target is young people. And they said that last year, 2022, there was a total of 31 horror movies that came out on the big screen. Broke a record, big time broke a record. And all these young people are wanting to go to see those types of movies. Why? Why do they want, why are they so drawn to it? Well, you can go down to the mall and walk into a Barnes and Noble and walk down the teen sections, the aisles that have all the teen books, walk up and down those aisles and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It is dark, it is evil, just looking at the covers. You can feel the presence of demons right in that area. Okay, now this movie is about, is about a, uh, a death row inmate, and he's up for execution that night, and this new psychiatrist comes in. And this psychiatrist, he's, he's an atheist. So he goes in, and this man who's sitting there, and he's been warned before he goes in, it's like, this guy is a genius. He will make you feel like you're the bad guy by the time you leave. And they were just giving, you know, telling him that he just will mess with your mind. But we needed this guy to go to the lecture chair this evening. And if you say he's insane, we can't do it. 
the last psychiatrist, he, he, and the last psychiatrist ended up, the, the way the movie opens up, that guy kills himself. Do what? Don't tell too much. I, I know I'm spoiling it for you, but you, none of you have seen it yet. So this new psychiatrist comes in, and this guy knows everything about him. And he, he, the psychiatrist can't understand how he knows. And, and he said, well, I'm a demon. I know. He's like, I don't believe in demons. Oh, really? Okay. And he said, uh, he, he, he's trying to convince him to, to let him, he said, just ask me. He said, demons just can't go into people, but, you know, when the kid's getting into uh, the Ouija boards and watching these terrible movies and, and reading these certain things in books and, and all that, it starts opening the door and then we can start to creep in. And he explains how they do it. And they like to start with young people. And he said, so you would have to just ask me. You have to come right out and invite me to come into you. And the guy's like, he's, well, you don't believe that demons are real, so what are you scared of? Just ask me to come in. So he does. He finally says, all right, yeah, come on, come on, do it. I, I give you permission. And then he just kind of cowers down. And then he gets confident because it doesn't happen. He says, see there? I gave you the opportunity. You wouldn't take advantage of it. Well, that demon's sitting over there knowing that he's got an open door whenever he wants. But he's acting like he couldn't do it, so this guy gets more confidence. He said, by the time you leave here tonight, you will have committed three murders talking to the psychiatrist. Well, he hits on him on some very modern topics that we could talk about. And one of them ends up being abortion. And he's showing this psychiatrist who thinks he's tough stuff that he's a murderer. And he's getting to the point where he's realizing he is a murderer. But after the first little episode, and he gets all bent out of shape, before they get to the abortion issue, this psychiatrist comes back around, finally settles down, and he sits back down at the table, and this is one of the most amazing lines of the movie. It, the, the nefarious guy, I think the man's name was Edward. Does that sound right? I think it was Edward. Well, he's sitting there, and he looks up at James. He won't call him Mr. Whatever he wants to be called. He calls him either Jimmy or James. And this demon, when they're talking about God, he won't say God. He won't say, he, he, he just says the enemy. And then when it comes to the story of Jesus, this demon, he, he, he will not say that word. He won't say it. He says, the carpenter. And he ends up telling James, he said, names have power. And he's not going to use the name Jesus Christ. He won't do it. Names have power. Now here is what he, he so he sits, the, the, the psychiatrist comes back to the table, and James, uh, Edward looks at him and says, are you ready for round two? And James like, I didn't know we were in a fight. And then the demon looks at him right in the eye and he said, that's why you're losing, James. That's the Christian church. That's the church in America. The demons are asking, are you ready for round two? And you're going, I didn't know I was in a fight. That's why you're losing. Because you do not know that you're in a fight against the principalities, the powers, the darkness, that's in the principalities and the, the power of the air, 
the prince of darkness. We are in a battle, and we don't even know it. Most of us don't know it, and that's why they're winning. It is an excellent movie. You should go see it. If any way possible, you should go see it. And it won't be in theaters much longer. But it did way better than what people were thinking. Now, if you go and look at the ratings of the movie, there's a rating uh, thing that's called Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's really, really low in Rotten Tomatoes. But the viewership, was it 33% in Rotten Tomatoes? But then when you ask the people who actually go see the movie and interview them, it's almost 100. I mean, it's way up there. What is it? 97% on that. The people who actually go see it are floored by it. They're amazed by it. They're like, whoa. But the people who, the, the professional raiders, they hate it. They hate it. They're convicted, I know. And they're, they're like, no, don't go see this movie. They don't want you to see the movie. It's terrible. Look how bad it rates. Well, ask, ask the people who actually go see it. Listen to them. And you, you would want the young people that you know to see that movie. It is critical that people see this. So when it comes out, Live streaming, we just, you know, if you know people who are into that, tell them. You don't have to say anything about it being a Christian-based movie. Tell them it's a scary horror movie. Oh, now they gave them an R-rated. They gave them an R-rating on it, and it does not deserve. There's no bad word at all throughout the movie, and there's no violence. It's, it's, there's nothing in it that you would, that would, that, that you would say... All right, these things are in a movie, so it's got to have an R rating. There's nothing there. The only thing that would come close to giving it an R rating would be the very end of the movie, and I can't tell you because that would be a really bad spoiler there. But it does not deserve an R rating. But little kids won't go and see that movie. There's a lot of little kids that need to see the movie, but because of the R rating. Now, they, they purposely put the horror title on it because they want people who would want, that would be drawn to the darkness to see this movie so they can see how they're getting sucked in and how real demons are. They are very real. All right, so I got through 14. So, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to stop right there and we're going to go ahead and finish up right now. I think that would be a good place to stop. <clears throat> And we'll pick up with uh, verse 15 because there's, there's a lot I want to get into on what's coming up right here. This is very, very important. Uh, verse 15, and I, I want to spend some time on it. And we need to go ahead and wrap it up. We've, we've spent plenty of time here today. So let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, I pray that anybody who you know, is listening to this, that they would be touched, that they would be motivated to get in the fight. Father, we need to be praying more. We need to be 
ready to stand up for those things that are godly. Father, we need to be not afraid to speak the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we need to say it. We need to say it in a very bold way and reverent way. But Father, that name means Jehovah saves. Father, there are demons who do not want to hear it. And Father, we need to be a people who want to say it wherever we go, especially in those dark places. Father, we would like to lift up a couple people to you. Um, we want to keep Rosa lifted up to you. Father, we ask that you would be with her, that you would help her, give her everything she needs. And Father, we'd like to lift up Barbara, um, who has just been, been lifted up lately, uh, Lois's friend. Father, we just want to lift her up, uh, going through so much right now, and we just want a healing touch for her. Thank you, Lord, for always being there for us. And Father, I pray that we would be a people that would be willing to be there for you and to stand up for your ways, that we can bring more people to you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.